Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,559. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm revved up and very excited to share with you today a very special returning guest, Derek DeBoer. He's calling in from Ashland, Oregon, to talk with us today and get us updated on his racing career and some of the fun things that he's been doing with Adobe Road Winery as well. So here we go. Derek DeBoer is a race car driver who currently drives for the Racers Group, TRG, in a Porsche Cayman GT4 Club Sport MR Evo. His grandfather raced in the dirt, and his father ran a top alcohol dragster. So he's got some... Uh, racing fuel in his veins. In college, he was a pro-level wakeboarder and later was on part of a startup company designing and manufacturing wake skates, which is very cool. He started his racing career 20 years ago at Laguna Seca, one of my favorite tracks in a Formula Dodge and quickly moved into other open wheel series and Formula Renault. Derek has won at Le Mans Aston Martin Festival and had a top 10 finish at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, run multiple times in the 24 Hours of Thunder Hill, another fun track I've been on, and two podiums there, and is now entering his seventh season with TRG, having brought home 27 podium finishes along the way. Incredible. The journey has been well documented by his wife, Brooke, and can be found on www.fastlifetv.tv with episodes streaming on Amazon Prime, Tubi TV, and most current content on YouTube, so you can learn more about him there. We'll be back in just a moment to talk with Derek, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Sit tight, buckle up, we'll be right back. What's your vehicle's worst enemy? No, it's not that bird that sits on that branch just above your car waiting for his chance. It's the sun. But don't worry, Covercraft has you covered. Their sunscreens are a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to protect your dash from the sun's harmful UV rays. And they keep the interior of your vehicle way cool. Covercraft makes a wide variety of custom-fit sunscreens for almost any car that exists, they offer a wide variety of custom-fit sunscreens in a variety of colors as well for you to choose from. They're fast, easy to use, they fold up quick, and they store under or behind your seat and take about five seconds to install or remove. I have a Covercraft sunscreen in all of my vehicles, and you should too. And I've got a deal for you. Order online at Covercraft.com and use the code YAH120 and get 10% off your order. That's code YAH120, Y-E-A-H, 120 at Covercraft.com. They've got you covered. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the Racers Group team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, 
Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to tell you about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It is a balanced and spicy mix of dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal-gated shifter backed with carbon fiber, and the cork, yeah, the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. There's going to be some battles as to who gets to keep the cork when this bottle is done being enjoyed. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH at checkout, you get a flat shipping rate of $10 on your wine order. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get this deal. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, today. Cheers. All right, Derek, welcome back to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I think I'm always buckled up and uh, ready to go in the driver's seat. It's one of my favorite places to be. Absolutely, and you've been there many times for sure. You know, I didn't ask you this last time you were on the show, something a little new here. I want you to share one thing that most people don't know about you, Derek. One thing that most people don't know. I think it's that I have a secret desire to be a rock star. <laughs> um, I love music, <laughs> and I greatly appreciate people that are, that are good at it, and I'm really bad at it, but, but I love it. <laughs> well, you already are a rock star, but it's just in the seat of a race car, and you don't even know it, but you are. You know, that's kind of fun. I think a lot of people, the idea of being a rock star is pretty cool. You know, I, when I grew up, I had a friend named Rob Crosby, and he went on to become a serious rock star. He was the lead guitar and one of the singers in the band Rat, R-A-T-T, back in, remember those 80s bands with the tight spandex leather pants and the big hair? And um, when he came to our high school reunion, he came with two beautiful women, one on each arm, both Playboy Playmates, I think all the women at that event didn't like him and all the guys were in awe. So, uh, yeah, there's something about being a rock star, which is pretty cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with Adobe Road Winery before we dive into your life as a race car driver. Because I had your cohort and team leader there, Kevin Buckler, on the show here last week. He was on for two shows, actually. And what you guys are doing there at Adobe Road with your racer series and, of course, the virtual wine tasting event you're having. And I'll tell our listeners tomorrow night, I'm going to be on that show with Kevin and Derek. I'm going to be hosting a virtual wine tasting. My first time. So tell us about your involvement with Adobe Road Winery and what makes that so much fun. Oh, you're going to love the virtual tasting. It's uh, so forward thinking, which which shouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, you know, my, my friendship and relationship with Kevin and Deborah Buckler is uh, one that I just greatly value. And it really dates all the way back to that first test in the race car all the way back in, in 2013. And it's just crazy to, to look back to that time and all the, the nerves and uncertainty of what that was going to bring. And then, you know, fast forward to the beginning of my seventh season with them and everything that's happened along the way from, you know, uh, peaks and valleys and crashes and wrecks and to amazing partnerships and race victories and uh, getting to be a part of their other companies, uh, you know, like Adobe Road Winery and, 
and uh, where that has has gone is just uh, it's it's amazing, super fun to be a part of. Well, it's epic, and you know, you said you secretly want to be a rock star. I think rock stars have lives like that as well. I was watching a documentary about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young this weekend, and I'd forgotten about all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations that rock band went through. Uh, their life is very much like the life of a racer. I mean, it's ups and downs. You're a champion one year, and you're not selling any records the next. Uh, you're a champion one day, and the next weekend you're a chump and not on the stand. But you guys have done some incredible things. I mean, the success since you've been involved with that team what would you say has led or what's caused this to happen? Because you don't see this kind of prolific winning streaks that you guys have had over the course of even the last six, seven years. You know, I think the answer that starts with kind of where I started going with, with the last answer and talking about that relationship with Kevin Buckler and some of the things that I've learned during this seven year path. I just, I've never met somebody as strategic thinking as him. And I haven't met somebody as willing to, put in the extra effort and and work that hard and tirelessly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll get um, emails from him at two and three in the morning. And then, then another one at six o'clock the next morning, like there's just, there's not a stop button. And I think <laughs> yeah. it's just always being willing to persevere. I mean, he always talks about, you know, strategy, like in a 24 hour race. And I think he's applied that kind of thinking to, to strategy during this pandemic and, Mm-hmm. how to to not just get shut down like a lot of people are but how to how to do something creative and and still still keep things going and he he's done that so i think that's uh you know success on the racetrack success in business success in a family it's it's just putting in the effort and uh, always dotting the i's and crossing the t's well it's hard not to get excited when you talk with kevin i mean the guy's just on it's like full throttle revs up Redline, speaking speaking of Redline, one of the great wines <laughs> in that racer series, but it, it fits so uh, so well. And you and he have something in common, if I'm not incorrect here. You both have three daughters, is that right? We do. We we just continue to find things that we have in common. Yeah. Well, having three, do- I have one daughter, and daughters are so special. To have three must must be spectacular. It is. I I wouldn't trade this experience being a, a dad to three girls for anything. They are. Um, amazing amazing young women and do a really good job of keeping me on my toes as well yeah daughters have a way of doing that don't they nothing better than having a daughter that's for sure of course having a son i've got one of those and that's pretty special too but daughters are are so different and my my little pagey uh, as i call her she's gonna blush but uh page um our firstborn uh yeah, it's just quite spectacular. So that's very cool. Well, listen, let's start with a success quote or a mantra, uh, some kind of saying that has meaning for you, something that kind of you plant in your mind when you get in the seat of a race car. So uh, take the wheel. Well, first, I have to interrupt a little bit because our firstborn is also Paige. And, uh, oh, really? Referred to as oh, Paige. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> another interesting small world fact. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like having a little Paige in your life. It's very special. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. So as far as a, a mantra or a saying that just kind of sticks in my mind, it, there, there's there's one really clear one, and, and Brooke used it in one of our Fast Life episodes, and it's actually a quote from the book To Kill a Mockingbird, and it is, what good are wings without the courage to fly? Uh. And it just speaks so purely to everything that, that the show is about, how I got my start in racing, you know, from, from Brooke asking me that question one night. What passion or desire have you not lived yet that I need to know about? And it was 
I want to be, I've always wanted to be a pro race car driver. I didn't think it was something a kid from small town, Ashland, Oregon could do. And, and to me, that quote just kind of wraps it all up, right? We all have opportunities to do incredible things, but none of it happens without having the courage to take that jump. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And to climb into a race car in the competitive world that you're in, the level of what you guys do is a whole nother level. Plus, being winners takes you on another podium, to use a a pun there. Let's talk a little bit about this career that you've had. Also, this uh, Fast Life TV, Amazon Prime, Tubi TV, um, the stuff that you're doing, uh, kind of walk us through some of this fun way that you've transformed your life as a race car driver and the way that you've exposed your life as well to the public, because a lot of drivers don't do that. Yeah, it's been a really interesting path. And I think, um, you know, just, just like you said, you know, being able to, to lean on your wife for input, you know, raising your daughters and you know, in my case, um, you know, Brooke and I operate, you know, side by side, we're, we're a team and I'm, I'm very open about the fact that none of this would have happened without her asking that one question and Mm -hmm. her being a filmmaker, you know, it didn't take very long into the journey for her to say, wow, this is, this is way different than what I imagined it like in my head and other people should see this and maybe somebody else will benefit from it. And, you know, we, we quickly saw, and certainly it helped, I think, being with TRG because the way that they do things, everything is just elevated, right? Yeah. And and we saw this this racing and success as a pretty good platform to be able to, to shout from. And when you're on that platform and experiencing and living your dream, I think it's probably the same for most people, but you, you want to share it and you, you want to maybe hope that you can encourage somebody else to live their dream, whatever it is. I mean, it may not be to, to jump into a, a Lotus in the rain or to, to go pro racing, but you know, maybe they want to be a rock star. Maybe they want to be, you know, start a business and mm-hmm. just, just maybe need that, that word of encouragement. So that's kind of what Ask Life TV, you know, started as it was just a way to document what we were doing and share it and hopefully make an impact on, on somebody else. And, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you watch it and you watch some of the original episodes all the way from, you know, back on Amazon prime to what we're now doing on YouTube, you'll, you'll see the, the growth and the change because yeah, it was, it was weird to think about sharing that much of our life. And there's a lot of me asking Brooke to turn off the camera and don't share this and no, you can't be in this room of the house. That's a private area to, to now it's just all out there. Like, you, yeah, if you love it, awesome. If you hate it, uh, you know, I'm sorry, like watch something else. Um, you know, um, we're, we're not hiding behind anything. This is who we are. This is what we are. This is what we're doing. And, and, and we love it and we're proud of it and we'll, we'll share it if you want to see it. Well, I think it's a wonderful inside behind the garage door look at life and racing. It's not all glamour and there's, there's a lot of hard work and blood, sweat and tears. And a lot of people look at racing as this, you know, like go back to these stories of Playboy 60s, 70s, racing and girls and smoking cigarettes and drinking and having a good time. And racing is nothing like that. Hasn't been for quite some time, for sure. I think it's fascinating and I think it's fantastic. I'll make sure I put links on Derek's show notes page here so you can go and find that, of course, the YouTube page. And you can take a, a behind the scenes walk into his life and the, the world of racing. It's absolutely fascinating. And I think it's uh, eye opening for a lot of people, but it's also inspirational and encouraging that you're a real life person. You're a a guy that works really hard. The team works really hard to be successful. And that's what this is just like real life and business. You got to work really hard. And the racers group TRG, again, 
make sure listeners, if you didn't listen to my show, my first one with Kevin, and then we came back again to focus on the winery, but the first one talked about the business side of racing and the importance of having a very serious outlook on racing. And that's definitely what you guys do, but you also have a lot of fun together. Tell us a little bit about the Cayman that now I, I know we're not racing right now because of the pandemic, but what gets you excited about this car that you guys are running? I love the Porsche Cayman. It's such a nice balanced car. I've never raced one, but I've driven them on the street. I've driven them on the track. What excites you about that vehicle? You know, for me, it's really the partnership with Porsche. I mean, this is an iconic brand that lives and breathes racing. The brand wouldn't exist if it wasn't for racing. It was only created to go racing. So to me, that just single focus mentality and the the level of support that we get from the brand and all the people that are a part of it. And then on top of that, the, the, there's kind of just attached fanfare. There are so many people in the world that, that love the Porsche that when, when we show up to the track, they're, they're there. They want to interact. And I, I think that's one of my favorite parts about racing is, is interacting. Because I remember being the, the five or six-year-old that just thought that all of this was so cool and, and wanting to be a part of. And, um, you know, then you get to the performance side and it's just kind of a no-brainer, right? A, a company that only lives and breathes to go racing is going to make incredible racing machinery. So anything that we have that has the Porsche brand on it is is capable of winning as long as we do, you know, the right things with it. So those are all kind of reasons that I'm so proud to be a part of TRG and the Porsche brand. Well, obviously, this pandemic we're dealing with right now, COVID-19, has affected the entire world in ways that we couldn't even imagine. Uh, you know, the economy was just robust. People were spending money, and then the wheels fell off the car, and we hit the wall. How has this affected you as a race car driver? How do you keep and maintain your momentum psychologically, physically, so that when the doors open again and we can get back on the track, we're ready to race? Yeah, it's been really... Uh Interesting. I mean, we talk so much about racing being a roller coaster of sport and, and the ups and downs that go along with it. And this pandemic has been very much that way too. And I've been real kind of careful to double check myself as far as what I feel like is a problem versus not, because, you know, the, some of the first things that hit you were like, Oh shoot. Like, you know, just, just yesterday we were finishing on the podium in spring champagne and in, in Texas at circuit of the Americas. And now we're being told to stay home. Like what's going to happen to my racing season and the team and this and that. Right. But then quickly your mind goes, well, that's really not that big of a problem in the grand scheme of things. This is very much a first world problem for me. There's other people that have lost their job. They might not be able to put food on the table. They might have, you know, family member who's, who's got the, the illness. Like these are, those are really big problems. Yeah. And then now we're deep enough into it. It's all kind of swirled together. Right. So yeah you know, one, one week might feel more problematic than the next. And I, you know, I, I do have a, a business at home. I, I run a small group of three car dealerships and I've got amazing partners that, that run those stores when I'm away. And, and I find us all, all here. And with this economy that's so vastly changed in front of us, and we've just kind of had to pivot and keep pivoting and keep pivoting. And yeah. everybody keeps asking me, uh, well, what comes next? What are we going to do tomorrow? And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do in 15 minutes. So that's kind right, of been our, right. our, our mantra through this is like, let's just go like 15 minutes at a time. Cause anything else is just guessing and assuming and, and might not be accurate. So we've just been right. changing our course of business here at home. 
changing the course of business with you know the winery and the race team and we're just trying to stay one step ahead so that when the switch gets switched back on you know we've we've still got our great partnerships and sponsors lined up and ready to go the team's got the cars all ready and loaded to go we're we're, we're ready to strike the moment that they they uh that they let get us. the green flag out again so that, that's that's really kind of it yeah wow well having uh dealerships to run and of course dealerships basically other than service are pretty much shut down right now right well that's been a a state to state thing and in in oregon we have been considered an essential business even on the sales side but you know we just had to really change how we go about business you know we're doing the the social distancing has really been our our biggest uh thing to cling to so we're not letting anybody within six feet of another person in the dealership we've mm-hmm. got spots taped off where the chairs can be to, to negotiate a car deal we we can't do test drives because you can't have two people in the car at the same time and yeah. we've uh you know set up a total new remote way to do business and and uh people have really been really great about it and they've appreciated that we're here and and, uh, you know, we've been able to keep the doors open. We've been able to keep every single employee on. And uh, I'm really proud about that. Awesome. And, uh, you know, just our, our staff has all been uh, willing to just put their heads down and, and adapt and, and run with it. And uh, it's been pretty awesome to see. Well, it's kind of like an endurance race. You've got a team that has to work together. You never know what's going to be thrown at you at the next lap. Uh, the rain might come, and that is a leveling playing field in some cases and wrecks people's race literally in another. So uh, really proud of what you guys have been able to do. I think this has shown some amazing resilience for business and people in this country that people are willing to be resilient. They're willing to try different things. We're all going to have to do things differently, I think, after this for a while. Hopefully not forever. But we don't know. But I've just heard so many great stories from people on this show since it started of how they've responded in a positive way. And I'm really proud of what you guys have done there at your business. And of course, at Adobe Road Winery with these virtual wine tastings that I'm going to get to partake in and host uh, tomorrow. I'm excited about that as well. Let's take a short break. Take a breath. Relax a little bit here. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. So sit tight. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARS. Yeah, that's right. 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine, and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right, $10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars Yeah website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. 
If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, Derek, we're back. And, uh, you know, I'd love to kind of go back in time a little bit. I've got plenty of new listeners since the last time you're on the show. And I asked you this question about a story that instigated your passion for racing. Uh, what was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a race car driver? You know, I think for me, it was just my my whole growing up. I mean, racing was a, a little bit more of like what was on the television. It was what we watched as as a, a sporting event. So I grew up more involved watching races like the Indy 500 than caring a whole lot about the World Series or the Super Bowl. Um, so seeing those heroes on the screen for me, I mean, those guys were, those guys were Superman. That was the guys in the fire suits and cool helmets. Yeah. And then, um, you know, also growing up around my dad racing and I, you know, I think, you know, uh, your dad is also your other superhero growing up. Right. And to, to get, uh, to tag along on his race trips, racing top alcohol dragsters and top fuel funny cars as, as a little kid was that must have been incredible pretty engaging right oh no kidding. So I, I remember being six years old in, in the pits and my job would be to to wax the car and then uh, oftentimes i'd get to actually sit in the seat and help steer the car back after its quarter mile dash you know under the <laughs> the, the power wow. of the, the tow rig and yeah. um yeah i just to me, that was the, the coolest place you could be. And those were the coolest guys and, and, and gals. And, uh, you know, and I just, I wanted to be one of them. What a life. What a life. Let's talk about, I always ask my guests about first special vehicle, but I want to talk racing since we're talking about racing here. Uh, if you look back through your racing history, is there one car that really stands out for you? We'll, we'll ignore the low, the, the current car, because that would of course be the most special, but is there one car that you jumped into and raced that you went, Oh man, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. I, I think, um, I'm always a person that wants to be doing something rather than, than watching it. So mm -hmm. for me, it was when I got to finally get into a race car, it was, it was eye opening. I had no idea what the experience was going to be like. And I'll, I'll never forget those first, those first, you know, hot laps at Skip Barber Racing School at Laguna Seca and, and the Formula Dodge and like wrapping my hands around what these vehicles really were capable of. Yeah. And uh, so that was my start was at Skip Barber in the Formula Dodge. And I, you know, did did the whole one week school and then uh, dipped my toe in the water with one of their races. And then I did the whole next season of racing. 
And, uh, you know, for me again, you know, at that point in time, open wheel was really, I mean, that was the coolest kind of racing IndyCar and formula one was like, you know, that is what I dream of driving someday. And, um, I was at an IndyCar race in Portland when they still had the GI Joe's 200 up there. And there was a, a team advertising the formula Renault race series was coming to North America mm-hmm. and, uh, formula Renault at that point was pretty large overseas in Asia and Europe. And, you know, it was, it was a feeder into formula one. Like I, mean, I think Kimi Raikkonen actually went from formula Renault into a formula one seat. And so I'm over there talking to this team about this new formula Renault car. And, um, how do I get a test? And they go, well, what are you driving now? And I kind of scratched my head and I was <laughs> like, um, and I just kind of, it just kind of came out. I said formula Dodge. And, um, they're like, Oh, the, the, yeah, pro Dodge. And I just kind of said, yeah, yeah. And at that point in time, Skip Barber kind of had two levels of Dodge. There was like the little Dodge race cars. And then there was the Formula Pro Dodge, which is part of the latter series for IndyCar. And yeah. So it, it kind of came off as maybe I was driving those cars, but I didn't really exactly say that. So I don't think I was bending yeah, fitting the, the truth. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was bending. I don't think I was lying. Though. <laughs> no, um, no. Anyway, <laughs> they thought I'd probably driven something a lot higher performance than what maybe I'd had. But um, set me up with a test in, in the Formula Renault and went down to Willow Springs with um, cool. this guy named Pierre phillips who kind of became a grandfather figure in my life since then on and um the test went amazing it went really well i was i was quick in the car and but i was like kind of pinching myself and and you know a little (laughs) bit scared because like man what level is this thing because you know back then looking at it you know they they looked like a formula one car it was a whole lot more car than the the little uh formula dodge two liter and and whatnot so i'll never forget that first test at willow springs and just the the feeling that I had being in that car and the, the speed and the G forces and the, no the buffeting of my helmet, you know, going around that last turn at Willow Springs. And so, yeah, I, I've got to say maybe the, the formula Renault might've been one of the, yeah, I think so. Uh, amazing yeah. <laughs> cars that I got to jump into. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, you get into a seat about any way you can. So I, I don't think you told any fibs there. You just, yeah, bent, bent the curve a little bit more. <laughs> Change the apex. Like, yeah, just didn't, just didn't answer all the way. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Got you into the seat. And that's the most important thing. Certainly fun. And look where it brought you. So I guess it worked quite nicely, didn't it? I didn't ask you this question last time you were on the show. It's a little bit of an introspective question. If you were a vehicle, Derek, what would you be and why? If I were a vehicle, what yeah. would I be? Well, there's probably some like really politically correct answers. And well, this is this I, is not what you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself manifest as a car. So that that changes it up a little bit. You got to be a little honest with yourself. No bending of the rules with me. No bending <laughs> of the rules on this one. I mean, would it be too too cliche to to think of myself as kind of like a Porsche? Not at all. Not at all. No. I mean, you're a race car driver, so you can be whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I, in my mind, I go, well, man, people could say that's pretty egotistical. He's calling himself a Porsche. But, you know, I, I do. I think as a race car driver, you, you've got to have a lot of confidence in yourself. You, you yep. think of yourself as being, you put a lot of effort into being, you know, physically fit. So that, that's kind of like a Porsche. It's very physically fit to do yep. the job. Yeah. Um, there's certainly fancier things out there than a Porsche. You know, you could, you know, there's, there's Ferraris and Lamborghinis that are very, you know, spicy and flamboyant sure. and fancy. And I don't think I'm so much that way. So that, that kind of pulls me back into more like the Porsche. Uh-huh. Um, very re- reliable, right? The Porsche is yeah. a reliable car. And it just, it, it's, it's there to get the job done. And I, I think of myself that way, whether it's, um, 
you know, at home or at the job or on the racetrack. So yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with Porsche on that one. All right. A good answer. And you walked me through it nicely. So I believe you. I will, we'll put you in a Porsche. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're a race car driver. All right, Derek, <laughs> we're entering what I call the last lap. You've been in this position many times. White flag's out. Checker is one lap away. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Porsche throttle. So here we go. Uh, what's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes on the track over the years? Uh, perseverance, not, not willing to give up. Yeah, that endurance racer mindset. How about if I could arrange for you to have a nice glass of Adobe Road wine with anyone in the automotive industry or racing industry, living or deceased? Who would that person be? I think I'd really enjoy sitting down and have a glass of wine with Daniel Ricardo. Oh, interesting. Now, why why Daniel? I like his, his approach to it, and I like his mindset. And, you know, from following some of his story, like where – where he came from and how he came up through the sport. It, it was a lot of hard work and, and got to a spot where he was absolutely at the, the top of the world, the top of his game and took some pretty risky uh, chances. And um, I, I just love his approach and, and mindset and attitude through it all. And he smiles a lot and jokes yep. and yep. seems like he has fun. I think it'd be a really entertaining glass of wine. No doubt. How about the best racing advice someone else has ever given you? Well, Pierre Phillips, He's the one that, that I did that Formula Renault drive with. Uh-huh. He told me to stay in open wheel as long as you can. And he told me that if I did that, once I finally got into the world of sports cars, everything would feel a little bit easier. Oh. And I think he was right. Okay. Great advice. Thank you, Pierre. How about a great resource? A go-to for you. Uh, maybe it's on a daily basis. This could be a website you like. It could be an app. could be a podcast. could be a supplier. Uh, something that seems to be a regular go-to for you. Um, you know what? I actually I pray a good bit. There you go. I'll I'll talk I'll talk to God. Uh-huh. And I also have made a really uh, purposeful effort to surround myself with people that I can reach out to. So I think even more so than than a website or something that I read, I'll I'll pray and then I'll reach out into my my circle of people. Um, that I trust and certainly each, each one in that circle has kind of a, a different expertise or something like that. And yeah. I think you just have to be a little bit bold and, and not afraid to ask for help and ask for, ask questions when you have one. You know, this is a really golden nugget you just dropped here because these days so many people are somewhat artificially tied to other people through social media, through texting and so forth. But how much time do people really spend talking with others who can help them listening, offering advice, asking for help. Uh, it's a really important thing. So, uh, you touched on a great one there. Great, great. Yeah. Resource. One of my, um, really, really great partnerships I'm so proud of is with BRM chronographs. Um, that was one of my early sponsorships and partnerships. And Frederick Gasser is the, the president of BRM in North America. And he's, he's from France and very French in his ways. And he's kind of one of the ones that brought me back to that. It's like, I, I wouldn't be able to get a response from him on an email or from a text. And like every time I would text him early on, my phone would just ring afterwards. <laughs> and and he would say, let's just have a conversation. Like, yeah. let, let, let's not waste our time typing this back and forth. I want to talk to you. Yes. And it's like, oh. So then I try to do more of that, which is yeah. <laughs> almost odd in today's day and age, right? Well, you'd be surprised when you call somebody that they actually answer their phone. So many people don't. Yeah. 
And even for me, I'm always talking, reaching out with people, trying to have people as guests on the show. And every once in a while, I'll run across an old school person who will insist on a phone call. And, and at first, I'm a little reluctant, but then I go, well, no, that, that's a better way to communicate. And I've told my kids that when you're trying to reach out to somebody important, call them. You'd be surprised how many people actually answer their phone because nobody calls them anymore. So uh, Exactly. Yeah, there's your, there's your golden nugget tip for the day from Derek DeBoer. Call somebody today and just have a conversation with them. Uh, even if we can't sit together right now, call them and talk with them. And of course, always give your mom there, a call for sure. Yeah, she appreciates that. She does. Yeah. Uh, how about a book? Uh, I know last time you were on, I'll tell you who you shared with us, a book by Stephen Kotler, The Rise of Superman. Uh, is there maybe a different book you've read since you've last been on the show you might want to share? I'm not making this up because when you asked me that you know, when I knew we were going to talk again, I knew it would probably come up. And literally on the corner of my desk, The Rise of Superman is still sitting there. <laughs> it's still sitting and there. <laughs> I, I've, I've read several books, you know, between now and then, and a lot of them more business related and whatnot. But this one is always just sitting there. And I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up and just uh, I'll, I'll flip to some part of it and, and just read part of a page here and there. And I find it so motivating and inspiring that I I still think it's just one of the books that I, I keep around at my fingertips. Well, there you go. It's a great book. You know, I wasn't aware of that book when you were on the show, and I got that book, and I know why you like it so much. It's, it's a wonderful read, and it is one of those books you can pick up and reinvigorate yourself with something out of that book. So uh, we'll keep that on your reading list. I'll remind our listeners that there's a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books. For this book and over 1,600 books are listed, I've made it very easy for you. You can fill a whole library with all my inspiring automotive enthusiast guest book recommendations. So check it out. Plus, I've made it easy to buy. You just click, takes you right to Amazon. The book's right there. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here. I'm going to see if your opinion on uh, the ultimate collector car has changed. I'm not sure if you remember what you wanted last time you're on the show, but we'll see if you can. I know what it is. I'm going to buy you a cool collector car today, Derek. Something really fun to park in your garage. Something that ticks all the boxes. It's a car that you have to keep and drive. It's a car that you can enjoy. I don't want a garage queen uh, parked in your garage, but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. So that little trick's off the table. You got to keep it. You got to enjoy it. So what can I buy you this time you're here on Cars? Yeah. Does it have to for surely exist or is it something that I think I could get somebody to make exist? Well, that's that's on the table. I've offered to build plenty of cars for people, uh, have cars built. Even I've had designers who want to build themselves a car and I've funded that. So, uh, yeah, the checkbook is very large here at Cars, yeah. So we can go anywhere with this answer. Perfect, perfect. Um, I'm definitely kind of a new car guy, so we're, we're not looking at some classic thing that's maybe worth 30 million dollars or something like that i, I want to be able to drive it okay. and, and have it start up every Ooh. go into the garage oh, oh good you're and, not gonna um, be a super expensive date then <laughs> no no i don't think too bad and um I, I think with the current relationship that we have with porsche we could probably get this done pretty easily okay what i want is a uh a current modern age gt3 porsche kind of like the gt3 touring yeah, I want it to be a, but I want the PDK transmission. Okay, and I want it to be with no rear wing. Okay, and I still want seats in the back. Ah, okay. So a four seat GT3 wingless with a PDK. That's all I want. It's perfect. Well, Porsche has their special wishes department. Then they'll pretty much do anything for you if you write a big enough check. So uh, I've been down in the basement of their uh, facility there and seen some of the cars they built. In fact, last time I was there. 
there were a whole bunch of all yellow cars they were building for someone in the Middle East who loves yellow cars. I mean, everything was yellow. The valve stems were yellow. It was a little bit, oh, wow. a little bit over the top, a little crazy. I think it was some Arab sheik or somebody who has an unlimited checking account. But this is kind of cool, and and I like this because I love the PDK. I know a lot of diehards out there manual, but if you've driven a PDK transmission, it's just seamless wonder. I mean, it's so cool. GT3, what can you go wrong? But I also like the no rear wing because I'm not really a wing guy. I know they're needed for race cars and so forth, but I just, I even saw a very rare Porsche Turbo, first generation Porsche Turbo from the 70s that somebody had ordered because they didn't have the intercooler and they didn't have to put a wing on the back. So it had the flares, but no wing. It was really a cool looking car. And of course, the seats in the back for the kids, right? Exactly. I mean, uh, I, I find every once in a while that we need to put a third or fourth person yeah. back there. So you know, I haven't been able to to justify the need for a GT3. And you're right. I, I love wings on the racetrack. Yeah. But I want to be a little more subtle when I'm out on the road. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that sounds like a fun build. I think that's very cool. And I'm sure Porsche will do something special for us uh, as well. Do you have a- Maybe somebody from Porsche is listening and, and can make this happen. Uh, there you go. I think you need to do this for Derek and help me out too, because uh, I bought an awful lot of cars. My my money's running low here at cars. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a, a special color you'd like that to be? My current one is white and it's really pretty. I think I'd like kind of a matte gray. Okay. Nice, nice matte gray. You know, they make a really beautiful color called um, clay. Yes, I like that color. It's cool. Yeah, I like that color too. It's very, very cool. And if you combine it with something special on the inside with a little splash of color, I think it's quite an elegant car. So, uh, all right, we'll get to work on that. You know, do you remember what you said last time you were on the show? I don't remember. It was a Ferrari. Remind me. Ferrari four eighty eight. Okay. Yeah. So I think your your taste has gotten a little more elegant, uh, sophisticated. Let's say. Uh, some might raise their eyes at that, some of my Ferrari fans out there. But uh, everyone who listens to the car, yeah, know that Porsche is my favorite mark. So uh, I like that we uh, have grown up a little bit in our maturity. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're, we're staying brand loyal as well. I'm well, we have to be, guy. especially if we're racing a Porsche, right? That's part of exactly. the deal. Very nice. Hey, what's the best way for people to follow along with you in your career? Probably the best thing is to go right to the Fast Life TV website, which is www fastlife.tv um it's got links to all the different platforms to view us although the current model is on youtube we've been really trying to grow the youtube following and our subscriber count. it allows me to do more things with the channel mm-hmm. um all of the uh you know links to our other social media um instagram facebook all that is on there okay and including links to uh you know stuff the brook is doing she's doing more stuff outside of even Fast Life TV right now. She's um, become a life coach since we've talked last. And wow. She has a, her own website for that. And there's there's links for all that, right, at, at fastlife.tv. Uh, all right. I'll make sure I put links to that. Very, very cool. My sister has done that. She retired from teaching. She was a special ed teacher for over 30 years. She's a saint. And now she's doing uh, life coaching, healthy life coaching, exercise, food, diet, that kind of thing for many of the people in her neighborhood. So uh, that sounds cool. I'll make sure I put a links to all these on Derek's show notes page. Just go to carsyad.com, type in Derek DeBoer, D-E capital B-O-E-R, 
and his page will pop up with all these links. Also, I'll put a link to Adobe Road Winery and the Racers Group, of which the group he runs with. And uh, for those of you that may miss our virtual tasting tomorrow night, uh, we're going to maybe do this again if I get invited back. We'll see if I do a good job for you guys. Uh, but in the meantime, go to adoberoadwines.com. Check out the Racer Series. You're going to be blown away. If you have somebody in your life that loves cars, that wants or that enjoys fine wine, this is the most ultimate gift you can ever give them. Derek, thanks for joining me again, returning to Cars Yeah. Thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until you and I talk again, we'll see you down the road. Which will be tomorrow over a glass of wine. So I'll look forward to a, a proper cheers. Absolutely. Cheers to you as well. And to all the Cars Yeah listeners. Hey, Cars Yell listeners, if you haven't signed up for the virtual wine tasting at Adobe Road Winery tomorrow, which is Saturday, May 23rd, 2020, it's not too late to participate. Go to the Adobe Road Winery website, click on the virtual tasting tab at the top, click on the 23rd, and you can sign up. You have to order two bottles of wine it won't get there in time, of course, because it's only going to be in about a day, but you will get your wine eventually and you'll get that special $10 flat rate shipping that I'm offering if you use the code CARSYEAH, but it'll get you an all access pass into our event so you can join us and have some fun. So check it out at Adobe Road Winery. I hope to see you Saturday night. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.